So how many of you realize that today, Thursday, is a very special day in a very special week? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I would say 50 years ago, most people in the United States would know what today is on the calendar. This is Holy Week. It started this past Sunday with Palm Sunday and it comes to its peak this coming Sunday, which is Easter. But today, today is called traditionally Monday Thursday. The word Monday is from the Latin meaning mandate or a new commandment. And it was on this night that Jesus celebrated the Passover with his disciples and then also instituted what we know as communion. So there's some significance to today that is really lost on the world. Now, before the show ends, I'm going to share just a a few thoughts about Monday, Thursday and, and Good Friday and how we have just walked away and don't even think about Holy Week much anymore in our world, how it has changed. Used to be that the schools closed down beginning about this time and they took their spring break tied into Easter. Now they make a special effort to make sure the two are not even connected anymore. Now, Jim Calhoun has agreed to fill in for one more episode today to help me out this week. So I'm going to turn the microphone over to him and I'll see you in just a little bit. Thank you, Bob. And once again, it's great to be back the microphone of Truth to Ponder. I'm doing this extra episode this week because Bob Bierman has been so busy with the transmitter that it's hard to believe that he's retired. As a matter of fact, I don't believe he feels very retired right now, for sure. But Truth to Ponder is growing. And it's not only growing as far as listenership, it's also growing by people that are being guests and people being involved in that way. And speaking of guests, Truth to Ponder last week had Dr. Wong on the Thursday program. And I've been a fan of Dr. Wong for quite some time. And I was so excited to see that he was going to be a guest on Truth to Ponder. And if you haven't heard that episode, I really think you need to go back and listen to it. Because I'm not a doctor, but I do a lot of research for my health. And from the research that I've done and the reading I've done, Dr. Wong is just spot on with his observations and with what he is talking about. And one of the things he talked about was using the right kind of fats because that really helps our brain and it helps us ward off things such as Alzheimer's and and other issues like that. And so I really think that you should go back and listen to that episode and really hear what he has to say. And hopefully we'll be hearing more from Dr. Wong in days to come. But Bob has been putting in such long hours, and he's been away from home for quite some time, as he finishes up this transmitter. And a lot of people wonder, well, what's taken so long? Well, it's a huge project. These transmitters are very intricate, they're very large, and this happens to be an older unit, it's used, and it had a few issues, and also it has to be tuned up right and be just perfect before it goes out on the air because you don't want to put something up prematurely and have problems and so Bob is making it as close to brand new as he possibly can and if there's one guy that knows his stuff 
as far as getting a transmitter up and going, it's Bob Bierman. And so everyone's patience is going to be very well rewarded by the absolute beautiful performance that this transmitter is going to give. And I'm very excited to be back on Truth to Ponder for a second time this week because I decided that I would like to incorporate a little bit of my show, the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show, in this episode of Truth to Ponder because I want to talk about inflation and I want to hit some rubber-meets-the-road issues because we're all feeling the pinch. At least I know I am. And everyone that I've talked to is feeling the pinch. Now, we can act like it's going to be temporary, and we can act like it's not bothering us. I see people out there driving 90 miles an hour, and jackrabbit starts, and jackrabbit stops, and everything they say that wastes fuel. I see lots of people doing that. And apparently, they think the cost of fuel is cheap, and so they're out there trying to burn up as much of it as they can. And if you're one of those people, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to reach you today because we need to be really real about what's happening. And what's happening is we're seeing a systematic takedown of our economy. And you add to that the absolute horrid leadership coming out of Washington. And illegitimate Joe is a senile old man, and any executive order that he signs should be nullified. The man's absolutely incompetent. But I think that he's got handlers in the background. And I think these handlers would like to see the United States go for a big fall. I think they're really after us, folks. I really do. And we have to do what we can to fight this. Now, when I say fight this, I'm not meaning a physical fight. I'm meaning fight it by using the right strategy to get around their roadblocks that they're putting up. And I'm not talking about speed bumps. I'm talking about roadblocks. And one of the roadblocks that I hear that's coming down the pike, and I've been doing a little studying on it, and it still doesn't seem like it could be possible, they're going to have limits on how much grain they're going to haul by trains. Or they're going to just eliminate it altogether. I've heard both. I've seen documents that... It doesn't look good, so I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I know there's lots of small railroads through the center of the United States that that's their only freight is harvest season. Harvest season, they have trains running every day, and then after harvest season, they dwindle down to where sometimes there's only one train a week or one train a month go down some of these tracks, but during harvest, they're really busy. And the farmers really count on selling their grain to these grain elevators. And every one of the grain elevators is along a railroad track for transportation. But I think that whoever is in charge is deliberately trying to cause inflation, deliberately trying to cause hardship, and trying to sink our economy. I don't think there's any sane, rational person that would really agree with what illegitimate Joe and his handlers are doing with anything. We're almost in World War III for no reason. There's food shortages for no reason. And now they've reestablished the mandate that you have to get the COVID jab, the death shot, if you're a federal employee. Now, why would a judge reverse that 
and put that executive order that's months old back on the table and make it to where these people are going to lose their job if they don't get the debt jab. So I think that it's the perfect storm. And I really do believe that these people are trying their best to sink our economy. And they might be able to sink our economy. And if they do that, they're going to sink each and every one of us right along with them. But there are things that we can do. And that's what I want to have the show about is examining some of the ways that we can lessen the stress that we have on our pocketbook right now. Some of the things that I'm going to talk about are common sense and straightforward and simple. And a lot of you folks already know this. But I think it's always good to reinforce your belief system if you hear somebody telling you to do something that you're already planning on doing. That will help you know that you're doing the right thing. And if some of my suggestions are new to you and you haven't thought of them, well, then I'm really doing you a service. And I only have one reason for broadcasting, not only my show, but also as a guest host on Truth to Ponder. I simply want to help, period. I have no agenda other than that. Now, my show, the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show, does have two agendas. Agenda number one is to help people grow their faith in Jesus Christ. And my second agenda is to help all of my listeners become as self-sufficient as possible. And so that's where I'm going to be heading this show today, is faith in God, self-sufficiency, and also combating this inflation. Now, the first thing that you can do to combat this inflation, and it'll also help you be more self-sufficient, is to look at everything that you're doing. And I mean everything. Every activity you do every day. You need to examine it and ask yourself, how can I make this more efficient? A perfect example, if you live several miles from a store, and you go to the store three times a week, plan better. Make a list and go one time per week or go once every other week. Because each day that you don't spend money and each day that you're not using fuel going up and down the road, it's going to help your pocketbook. Now, I know lots of people have the electric cars and they're thinking, well, the gas price doesn't affect me. Yeah, but they don't recharge your battery for free. And so it's still money out of your pocket, whether you're driving an electric or a gas burner or diesel, doesn't make any difference. It's all money out. And if you can save a dollar here and a dollar there, you'll be able to make up for the things you have to buy that are necessities that cost a couple dollars more. That way your pocketbook is stretched enough that the money is going where it has to go and it's not just being spent arbitrarily out doing things that you normally do. Because let's face it, we do not live in normal times. We live in an age of absolute insanity. As a matter of fact, I truly believe that if this isn't the time for Jesus to come to earth again, if mankind has to wait for Jesus' return, and this period of time goes down into history, You've heard of the Bronze Age, and you've heard of the Stone Age, and all of these other ages that we've had through the years. I think that the 21st century is going to be known as the dawning of the Insane Age, or the dawning of the Insanity Age. 
because there's not much sane and rational out there, no matter where you look. And it has a tendency to really distract you and get you down and make you mentally not as sharp as you need to be. You watch the news, which is your first mistake. But if you watch the news and you have somebody up there that's a man who identifies as a woman who just won a gold medal and everyone's celebrating this and saying, well, what a great woman. That's insane. And I feel so sorry for all the female athletes out there that have worked hard and trained and dedicated their life to their sport just to have their sport thrown down the toilet by letting men who are not quite good enough to compete with the top men come in and dominate women's sports, and then they're celebrated. I know in the 1960s and 1970s, there were the women's rights movement and all the women's libbers. Well, where are they at now? They're not speaking out because they're all woke, and they're probably celebrating it too. But here's a man who calls himself a woman, who still, by every definition, is a man, all but him saying he's a woman. He's still got all of his parts intact and all of his hormones intact, and he's being voted woman of the year. Now, if you don't think that's insane, then I think that you're one of them. You're probably one of the insane people. But here again, I get on a rabbit trail. But that really bothers me that we're seeing our society just torn apart limb by limb, and nobody's really doing anything about it. And so we don't have the man on the white horse that's going to come save us. So it has to be us that's going to have to save ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about save as in Jesus saves. I'm talking about our physical well-being on this planet, uh, providing food and shelter and so forth. And I'm not saying that God can't intervene at any time and do any kind of a miracle because I live in a world of miracles. I have seen so many miracles and I've experienced them myself. And God is in firm control. So never underestimate the power of God and never underestimate how much he can move in your life. That's absolutely the truth. But like I said, I get on these rabbit trails and I apologize for that. So I'm going to get back on to how to fight the inflation. Not only limiting your trips, which really does help. Let's say there's an item that you buy one pound of. Let's say it's a grocery item and it weighs a pound. And you normally buy a pound of it. And a pound is $4 for this item. But two pounds is $6. But normally you just buy a pound. Well, with this age of inflation, you'd be much better off to buy two pounds of it, pay an extra $2, and save $2. And not only save the $2, you won't have to go to the store quite as often and buy it again if it's something you use often. And so your savings is at least $2 on this item and possibly 3 or 4 depending on how much fuel it takes for you to get to your place of business where you buy your groceries. And so everything that you buy, buy it in bulk if you can. And if it's something that you can buy generic, buy generic. You know, if you have to have a brand name of green bean, well, it's time to suck it up a little bit and get the store brand. Save the 20 cents or 50 cents a can that you'll save. Now, the quality might not be as good, but there are things that you can do in the kitchen to up the quality a little bit. You can add a different spice or you can frill it up somehow. 
So I highly recommend you consider everything that you buy and ask yourself, what can I do to cut my cost on this item? Don't look at your grocery bill and let's say your grocery bill is $100 a week. Don't say, I want to cut my grocery bill down to $80 a week. I don't think you're going to be able to do that in this time of inflation without going hungry. I think you're probably going to end up still spending your $100. But if you can get more bang for the buck and you can get $120 or $130 of normal value for this $100 and it'll save you one trip per month or two trips per month to the grocery store, then you're still only spending $100 a month, but you're actually getting more food than what you normally got at $100 a month before inflation. So we can take this inflation and we can look it right in the eye and we can do things about it. You can keep trimming the cost. Now I'm not talking about living in the dark with no electricity and just eating crackers. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about systematically looking at everything that you buy. And most people use a grocery list. Look at your grocery list and ask yourself, do I really need these sprinkles for my ice cream? Do I really need to buy the sprinkles? In my case, I'd say no. If you have to have ice cream, buy ice cream. But don't buy the name brand, buy the store brand, and forget the sprinkles. And put that money to an item that you have to buy if you eat beef and you want to have beef for dinner. Well, use that money you saved on the sprinkles to offset the cost of beef. So there's so many things that we can do. And I kind of touched on people's driving habits. Revisit the 1970s. I remember back in 1974 when they had the first crisis, which was also man-made. And they ran all sorts of commercials saying, slow down. Don't start your engine and let it idle. Don't race everywhere. Start slow. Stop slow. No jackrabbit starts. And everybody seemed to understand that there were a lot of things they were doing that could waste fuel. And so most people quit wasting fuel. And then there's also such a thing as hypermiling. And hypermiling is getting rid of all the weight in your car that you don't have to have in your car. But it's the weight that helps increase the amount of fuel that you use as you're going from point A to point B. So if you have a bunch of things in your trunk that you're hauling around that you might need, well, go through and be very efficient and take out everything that you normally wouldn't use. Now, I know in my case, I'd take out the wrong thing and I'd probably need it. But still, the savings are going to offset maybe a little inconvenience down the road. Now, a good example is if you have a huge toolbox in the trunk of your car and you hardly ever use it, and when you do use it, you only use three or four wrenches out of it, well, get a real small toolbox and take your three or four wrenches that you normally would use and put those in there and take the big heavy toolbox out. Everything that you can do to take a pound or two off of your car is going to help your gas mileage immensely. And so don't haul anything that's unnecessary. And if you have a pickup truck, this is proven. Do not put your tailgate down. Because if you put your tailgate down, you're actually adding drag to the pickup. Now, this has been scientifically proven. And I think I can explain it to you how you can understand how this works. 
When your pickup box is supposedly empty, it isn't. It's full of air, which doesn't weigh anything, but air does have resistance. All you have to do is roll down the window of your car and put your hand out, and you feel the resistance of the wind on your hand. And lots of people think that tailgate causes a resistance. Well, it does, but just for a little bit, just for a, like a second. And what happens is the air goes over your cab of your pickup. It comes down to the bottom of your box, hits your tailgate. And it, when it does that, the tailgate shoots the air straight up and it rolls it back around. So if you have your tailgate up, it's like having an invisible topper in your pickup truck. Because the new air that comes over the top will meet the air that's in the box that's being rolled back. It'll simply go over the top of that air that's being rolled back. Whereas if your tailgate is down, as it comes over the top of your pickup, it puts some pressure on the backside of your box and it causes some resistance. You may not think that is true, but it has been scientifically proven. So if you want to save a little bit on fuel, don't put your tailgate down. Leave it up. I want to finish up on what I want to say about food in the first half of this episode. I really think you need to get into foraging if you can. Right now, it's dandelion season in almost every part of the United States. If not, it's going to be really soon. And dandelions are proven to be one of nature's superfoods. It seems to be a cancer fighter, and it's just chock full of all sorts of nutrients. You can do almost anything with a dandelion, and you can eat almost every part of it except the dry seeds and the stem. Even the flowers are edible. As a matter of fact, lots of people take the flowers, they batter them like an onion ring, and they deep fat fry dandelion flowers. And actually, I've done that. That's delicious that way. But harvest the root, and you can use that. You can boil those, and you can chop them up and use them like carrots. And the leaves are extremely great in salads. So if everyone that eats salad would forage for at least half of their salad, they're going to cut their cost of their salads in half. Now, I know the New World Order Great Reset satanic people have said that they're going to have us all eating weeds, and I guess that's what I'm saying is eat some weeds, but I've done a lot of research on this, and these weeds are non-GMO, and most of them are organic. They're growing in your native area, so they help your immune system, and also they're more nutritious than what you can buy in a grocery store. So it's a win-win all the way around. And then if you can save some money, then that's great too. I'm starting to run a little short on time, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick up on the second half of the show, and I'm going to start up where I left off, and i got a couple more things to say about food. And then I'm going to talk about other ways to fight this inflation and help your pocketbook. I really appreciate you tuning in to Truth to Ponder, and I'm going to be right back right after this. I want to thank you, Jim, so much for helping me out today on this Monday, Thursday. And Jim, you're right. We need to be more prepared. We need to be more self-sustaining. So many of us get used to what I call the, the very tight supply chain. In other words, we're used to being able to go to the store and get anything we want. And prior to the pandemic, that was pretty much true. You could go to your local grocery store, go to your local Walmart, and pretty much anything you wanted was always there. But with interruptions in 
in the supply chain. And some of it, I think, manufactured interruptions, causes shortages. And these shortages cause aggravation. People get panicky and they, they overbuy and they, they make the problem worse. In addition, we have, I think, forces that are working in this world that, that want to have nothing but chaos because there, there are those governments, people in government, and organizations that want to have control over every facet of your life. The idea of a digital currency so we know where you're spending your money because really it's not yours. We let you have what you need. And if you don't spend it the way we think you should, you won't have any. This is the dysfunctional world we're heading toward at a rapid pace. I see it every day as I read the news. And so that's why this program is on the air. That's why we do Truth to Ponder. I know the day is going to come when this program may not be on the internet. It may disappear in a lot of places over time. I was reading an article about some pro-life group. They couldn't even get advertising on Facebook. In other words, the tech tyrants are shutting and closing doors, and governments are calling things like being anti-abortion hate speech. Now, if you believe in our work and our ministry here, would you consider helping us out financially? You can do that by writing a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Crestview is the city. Crestview, Florida. That's one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code in Crestview is 32536. That's 32536. I thank you in advance for your support, and we will be right back after this break. Stay tuned. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Many convincing proofs. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Conyer, Jewish Connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out. I'm receiving a special free gift you're going to get in love in a moment. Now it's written in Acts 1-3 that Messiah appeared and presented himself by many convincing proofs. Now this verse separates our faith from every faith of the ancient world outside of Israel. It was no myth. None of the ancient gods presented themselves with many convincing proofs. But Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, is no myth, but God come to earth. So he presented himself down to earth with measurable proofs, empirical, tangible, palpable evidence. He appeared. But the problem is too many of us are like the pagans of the ancient world. We live our New Testament faith as if it were a myth, a nice thing to believe in, nice thing to hold to, but something that really doesn't touch and transform our everyday life. But that's not Messiah or his resurrection. The resurrection was presented with many convincing, touchable proofs. And so if you follow the resurrection, you have to present it the same way. You have to demonstrate it in a very touchable and practical way. Not just once, but with consistency, with many convincing proofs. Show them the power of victory in your life, my friend. The power of overcoming, the power of joy over sorrow, and the power of love over judgment, forgiveness, and life over death. The power of total change. Show them. They want to see it. They want it demonstrated. Show them the tomb is empty. You show them the stone 
stone is rolled away in your life and show them that God's love has conquered all death and darkness in your own life and show them with many convincing proofs. Want more? Ask for the sequel. Now imagine being plugged into a special line that lets you in on future events, news behind the news, biblical prophecy, updates on Israel, and many convincing proofs. And what you need to know is an end-time believer, plus teachings and strength for every day of your week, and the incredible, the mystery of the temple door. You'll love it. All free. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. Call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now I invite you to join with me in reaching the unreached peoples of the world in the most incredible way from Moscow to Madagascar, even Jerusalem. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey. The zip is 07644. It's The Nice Jewish Boy. It's Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah HaEmet, the truth. Very quickly before Jim Calhoun returns with part two of the program, just wanted to take a moment to ask you, if you would you let me know how you listen, whether it's a podcast or on radio? Do that, please. Send me an email. Bob at truth, the number two ponder.com. Bob at truth, the number two ponder.com. And I would appreciate it. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome back to the second half of this episode of Truth to Ponder. I'm Jim Calhoun, sitting in today for Bob Bierman. And I really do appreciate Bob Bierman allowing me to get behind this microphone and speak to the great audience of Truth to Ponder. Before I get into the second half, I want to say a big thank you to those who have sent me emails. And also, Bob forwards the emails to me. So if you want to get a hold of me, you can just email Bob at bob at truthtoponder.com. Bob at truthtoponder.com. And he'll send those on to me. And I really appreciate that. And also, I've had some letters forwarded to me. And I want to say thank you for your letters. I receive those. Bob always makes sure that everything gets to me that needs to. And the last letter I got was concerning my book, How to Survive Hard Times. I'm getting more printed this next week. And so I'll be able to mail those out next week. And I understand there's lots of people that listen to Truth to Ponder that do not have computers. They're listening on shortwave only. And I really appreciate all the folks listening on shortwave. And if you want to have a copy of my book, just write to Bob, and I will give you the address at the end of this program of how to write to Bob, and have him forward the letter to me, and that way I can get your name and address and get a book out to you. Because I really feel the information in my book is more relevant today than when I wrote it. And I have to admit, when I was writing the book, I thought I was being very extreme. I would just write what God put on my heart, and then I'd go back and proofread it and spell check it and everything, and I'd go, wow, that's pretty heavy. This book has a lot of doomsday in it. Well, since I've written the book, it seems like that we have a lot of doomsday that's come up in the world as far as 
with the possibility of World War III and all of this inflation and all of this man-made supply shortage. And so I'd love to get a book out to you. And if you have a computer, I'll send the book to you by PDF in an email. So simply email Bob at bob at truthtoponder.com. Tell him you want a copy of my book, and I'll get one right out to you. Now back to saving some money with your groceries. One thing that Dr. Wong was talking about on last Thursday's Truth to Ponder, which was just spot on, was we need to have the right fats to keep our brain healthy. And animal fats are what we're designed to process in our bodies. We're not designed to process Crisco or vegetable oil. We're designed to process animal fats. That's what our body was designed to do. I could do a whole show on all of these fats, how they say they're bad for you when they're actually good for you, but I really need you to go back and listen to last Thursday's program and listen to Dr. Wong, and you'll get it right from a doctor. And again, he's dead on with what he's saying. So I'm going to address some animal fats here. My grocery store, they cut their own meat, and they trim the fat, and they put the fat in freezers, and I go buy the fat for a dollar a pound. I take it home, I cut it into approximately one-half inch cubes, and then I put it in a cast iron skillet, and I put in one cup of water, and the water keeps the fat from sticking to the bottom of your pan, and then over medium heat, it takes about an hour, I render that fat, and when the fat is golden brown and crispy, I take that out, I season it with salt or pepper, onion powder, or whatever I want to season it with, and then I have what's called cracklings, and they're a wonderful snack. They're kind of rich, but they're a good snack, and I put those away, and what I'm left with is pure lard. Now, I know that the last 50 or 60 years, we've been told lard is bad for you. Well, I'm with Dr. Wong. Lard is not bad for you because it's animal fat. And the type of cholesterol that is involved here is not the type of cholesterol that's going to harm you. Now, the medical profession will say that it is, but it seems like they've been misleading us because the animal fats indeed do not harm us like they say. You'll save a lot of money. And you're going to have a side benefit. Your food's going to taste better. It's going to digest better. And if you've never made homemade french fries with your own lard, then you're really missing a treat. So even if you're anti-lard, if you're one of those who've been brainwashed into thinking that Crisco is better, well, I'm probably not going to reach you. But the people that are open-minded, the people that are willing to try something, Next time you're at your meat market or a grocery store, buy some fat, take it home, and render it. Make your own lard. You'll love the cracklings because they're a great snack, which in my opinion is worth a dollar a pound right there. And then you're going to have great oil to cook with. So that's another way to help save money. On my show, I talk quite a bit about gardening. Today, I got the portion of my garden that I'm going to plant potatoes in. I got it all prepped and ready to go. And I've sliced my potatoes up and I'm letting the slices heal over a little bit before I plant them. And I plan on planting them in about three days. And yesterday I planted my onions. And so I really think the audience of Truth to Ponder needs to grow your own garden. 
Even if you live in town in an apartment, you can garden in five-gallon buckets. Anything that you can do to help yourself be self-sufficient in this horrible time of inflation is going to help you very much. It's not only going to help your pocketbook, I think it'll actually help you mentally. Because if you're actually working on a problem and you're doing things that are positive in that direction, I think it does something to you mentally and spiritually that you're actually involved in the fight and you're actually doing something to help yourself. And I really think that's a great feeling. And so I'm going to urge everyone to buy some seeds and do some gardening. And, and when I say buy seeds, avoid the GMO. Matter of fact, don't buy GMO at all. Buy open pollinated heirloom variety seeds. If you can't get those, get traditional hybrids. But do not get GMO because the GMO is not good for you. No matter how you slice it, our body was never designed to ingest something that's been genetically altered. I have several other ways to save money with food, but I'm going to move on at this point. But if anyone has any questions and wants to get a hold of me, I want to let everybody know that I'm here to help, and I don't mind answering emails. And so if I get a ton of emails, I'll just answer a ton of emails. No problem, because I'm here to help. One of the best ways to save money and become self-sufficient is to learn a new skill or start utilizing a skill that you do have and you've quit doing it. And I'm going to start by clothing. I remember as a kid, almost everyone had patches on their clothes. At least the kids did because we always wore out the knees. And so we always had great big patches on the knees of our pants. And nobody thought anything of it. But somewhere down the line, that became uncool. That was something you weren't supposed to do. And so people just would toss those pants or make cutoffs off of them and just chop the pants off, and they'd go buy a new pair. Well, I think if you have the ability to sew, I think you need to revisit sewing and repairing your clothes. And if you don't know how to sew, it's time to learn. Male or female, everyone should know how to sew on a button. Everyone should know how to do a quick stitch in case of emergencies. And those who are really good at sewing, you need to revisit making your own clothes. But I do understand that buying the pattern and buying the material, you can almost buy all of your clothing already made cheaper than you can make it. I really understand that. But you can find some good bargains on material. Some of the cheaper material might be a pattern that you don't really care for or a color that might be a little strange, and that's why it's cheaper. But you can make your own work clothes and save your money there. Now, I'm not talking about making formal wear or making or something you're going to wear out in public as far as business wear. I'm talking about clothing for every day around the house or gardening or something you do at your house. I know people who are so good with a sewing machine, they can make everything, including a suit coat or a prom dress. And so there are people out there that really do have the skill. But the main way to save the money as far as with sewing is repairing your clothes. Learn how to install a zipper because lots of times we throw away something because the zipper fails. Learn how to set snaps on a shirt. Simple things like that. Because we almost have to think the Great Depression followed by World War II. 
You do realize that when the stock market crashed in 1929, things didn't start recovering real well till about 1935, 1936. And still, things didn't recover. It only recovered after the war started and the economy started booming, especially after the war. That's when we really came out of the Depression. But you have to realize that people that had shoes in 1929 were likely wearing the same pair of shoes in 1933. And if they lasted long enough, they'd be wearing the same pair of shoes in 1935 or 1937. And back in the day, people could repair their shoes. At least you had cobblers that would repair them. You had people that could resole the shoes or repair the uppers. But those days are gone because shoes like that really don't exist. And there's very few people that repair shoes because there's no money in it because people throw their shoes away. So I don't know how to save money with shoes other than go to Goodwill or secondhand stores to buy your shoes. But I brought the shoes up as an example of something that has to last the duration. Lots of people that bought a new car in 1929, they had to have that car last through the end of World War II because you couldn't buy any cars from 1941 to 1945 and lots of people didn't have enough money to replace their car. And so right after World War II, you had lots of people replacing their 1928-1929 model cars. On everything you do, try to stretch everything. If you have a car and you drive it a bunch, make sure that you check the oil and you change the oil often. Make sure that you do all the maintenance that you need to do to make this car last as long as possible. And you need to do that with everything in your house. Refrigerators, chairs, dishes, it doesn't make any difference. If you're using laundry soap that's real hard on your clothes, and you can tell that by how much lint you have in the dryer as you dry your clothes, if your lint trap is constantly getting clogged, you're possibly using a soap that's way too hard on your clothes and it's helping, and helping microscopically kind of tear it apart. So you need to use detergent that's real easy on your clothes. And as far as containers go, you're going to have to become like your grandparents or your great-grandparents. Keep the containers. If you buy a plastic jar of mayonnaise, when you get done with the mayonnaise, wash the jar out and you have a quart-sized jar and save it for something else. Everybody used to do that. But it seems like right now we live in such a society that just throw everything away. Now, I'm not saying to be a pack rat and keep everything. But anything that could possibly be repurposed and recycled right there in your house, you don't have to recycle it by going out and putting it in your trash bin, your recycle bin, and have them haul it away. And I'm going to use this mayonnaise jar again. That's the best form of recycling, is just reusing. And lots of people will go out and buy some Rubbermaid or Tupperware or something because they need containers. These food containers that you save are not near as nice, but they work just as well. And so you need to start saving things like that. And the price of electricity is going to skyrocket. It's already going up, as well as propane and everything else. And so reevaluate how you use your electricity. You might want to lower the settings on your central air units. You might want to lower the setting on your refrigerator. 
You might shut that yard light off that you run 24 hours a day. Just shut it off. If you have a light in your backyard and you hardly ever use it, you're not scared of any thieves coming in your backyard. Why have this light on all night long? It's costing you money. Now, maybe not very much money to run a light, but it all adds up. But if you have a light that you have to leave on, get one of these new LED bulbs and get rid of the old school 100 watt bulb. It's unbelievable how much money you'll save with these new LED bulbs. And a word of caution though with the LED bulbs, if you go to a big box store and buy their cheapest LED bulbs, even though they say they will last like five years or 10 years, they're only gonna last about a month. Then they're gonna start flickering and flashing on you. Then you have to throw them away and get a new one. Because nobody seems to honor their five year, 10 year guarantee on the light bulbs. Because there's always a clause in there about misuse. And it seemed like when I went in to try to replace some bulbs, they thought that I had misused them somehow and tried to put too much power through the socket. And so it's better to buy a brand name, and you might have to pay an extra 3 or $4 for your light bulb, because I know they're expensive. But the positive side of this is the money that you're going to save is astronomical throughout the lifetime of the bulb. But with these LED bulbs, you do get what you pay for. A way to save some money with pet food, if you feed your pets dry food, is to take one cup of your dry food and put it into a bowl or a jar and add two cups of water. So you have one-third dry food and two-thirds water. You know how one cup of dry rice will make three cups of rice that's cooked and also one cup of dry beans will, will make three cups of prepared beans? Well, the same principle here. You're not going to cut your cost by two-thirds, but you will cut it by either a third or a half because you're going to increase the volume of that feed. Now, it'll have the same amount of nutrients and the same amount of organic material, but that organic material is going to be easier for the pet to access it with their stomach and utilize the vitamins and all the nutrition that's in the food because their body doesn't have to break it down. It's like the fact that if you take a liquid vitamin, it's much better than taking a vitamin pill. It's the same logic. And plus, animals like the soft food better. And you're going to need to let it soak for two or three days. So I use three different containers and I just rotate them out as they get ready. And I find that I'm saving quite a bit of money and my animals are actually happier. And I think they feel better because I think their bodies are actually utilizing more of the nutrients in what I'm feeding them. Now, if you try this, make sure you pay attention to your pet and make sure your pet is happy and make sure your pet looks healthy and the hair coat is healthy. Because if you feed them less and they start losing weight and start becoming unhealthy, that's really a bad thing. Now, my savings seems to be right around one-third. And my animals don't seem to eat quite as much because it fills them up more. But if you change any feeding habits of your pets, make sure that you observe them, make sure they're happy and healthy. Because you don't want to save a dime if it's going to make one of your best friends ill. And there's lots of ways to save money with your yard work. 
One way to save money is to not mow your yard as often as you normally do. Now I know a lot of people pride themselves on their beautiful lawn, and I get that. But if you're feeling a real crunch in your pocketbook, and you need to do something and try to save some money, I'm just giving you some ideas. What I would do is I would water about half as much as you do, and mow about half as much as you do. Therefore, you're going to be saving quite a bit of money. And if you have just a small little patch, and if your yard is very small, consider going to an antique shop, or they sell them new, but what are called real mowers. And some people call them push mowers. You push them, and it makes the reel go around, because the act of you pushing the mower and making the wheel turn makes the mower work. If you let your grass get too tall, then they're a little tough to use. But the beautiful golf courses that you see that have the really short grass, they're all done with these old-fashioned reel mowers that they have gangs of them they pull with a tractor. And so these type of mowers are used every day commercially on golf courses. But if you have medical issues such as if you have trouble breathing or have a heart condition, I definitely would not use one of these push-type mowers because they really do exert you when you use them. But on the other hand, if you're healthy and you want to get in really good shape, that's one way to do it. If you had a pretty large yard, you could cancel your membership to the gym and just use one of these push mowers and probably get a better workout than a gym would ever give you. And you'd be saving the money there too. But I think probably the ultimate thing that you can do right now to try to help combat this inflation is to stay healthy. If you're overweight, make sure you pull those pounds off. If you're underweight, put the pounds on. Go out and do some walking. Walking is good for you. Get some fresh air, get some sun. And I find that a daily walk really clears my head and gets me ready for the day. And if you're not in very good health, We'll just walk around the yard once, and then the next week, walk around the yard twice, and maybe within a month, you can walk around the block. Just do it all in baby steps and increase it. Don't go out and try to run a mile if you haven't ran for a long time, because all it's going to do is wear you out and get you so sore that you're never going to want to do it again. So start slow. You know that Rome wasn't built in a day, and your health isn't going to come back in a day. So just work on it. And every day, just make the correct choices to make you healthier other than unhealthier. Because let's face it, more than anything else, it's our life choices that make us unhealthy in the first place. And so correct life choices will help regain our health. Unfortunately, it takes longer to regain your health than it does to lose it. But you're going to have to commit yourself to that. And you're going to find that when you become healthier, that mentally you're going to be sharper. And you'll come up with ideas that are specific to your situation, to where you can save all sorts of money and help combat this inflation. I have more things that I could recommend, but these are the things that I think that you need to start with anyway. And again, you can get a hold of me with an email at bob at truthtoponder.com. And I know that Bob would appreciate you getting hold of him too. And again, his email address is bob at truthtoponder.com.
I really hope that you get something from my episodes when I host Truth to Ponder, because I truly do want to help. And if you would like to help Bob Bierman and help Truth to Ponder, I would ask that you consider donating to this show. And you can donate by check or money order. And you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio. And you would mail to Ancient Word Radio. 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. Number 3248. 3248. That's in Clearview, Florida. One word, Clearview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. 32536. And don't forget to visit Bob's website at truthtoponder.com. And I really appreciate Bob having me guest host again. And I want to wish all the listeners all the best. And so until next time, stay well. Do your research. Find out how to save some money. Stay strong. But most of all, replace fear with faith. And once again, Jim, thank you so much for for filling in for me today here on Truth to Ponder. Your efforts do not go unnoticed. It has been a great help on this major project I'll be sharing more about tomorrow and into next week. As I said at the beginning of the program, today is Monday Thursday. And the word Monday comes from Latin meaning mandate, new commandment I give unto you. Jesus said, love one another. He is the New Testament fulfilled on the cross. And this is Holy Week. And most of the world no longer cares. It's just, it's just a vacation or something along that line. Even many Christians have minimized this. Now, Sunday, the churches will be packed. They always are with the, the crowd that comes on Easter and even sometimes on Christmas. But I want you to think about that night that Jesus was betrayed, instituted the Lord's Supper, and then went to the Garden of Gethsemane knowing he was going to be betrayed. And what did he do? He prayed. Listen carefully to the lyrics of this song. Go to dark Gethsemane Ye that feel the tempter's power Your Redeemer's conflict see Watch with him one bitter hour Turn not from his griefs away Learn of Jesus Christ to pray Follow to the judgment hall View the Lord of life arraigned Oh, the wormwood and the gall the pangs his soul sustained Shun not suffering, shame or loss Learn of him to bear the cross 
Lily's mournful mountain climb They're adoring at his feet Mark that miracle of time God's own sacrifice complete It is finished here the crime Learn of Jesus Christ to die. Early hasten to the tomb where they laid his breathless clay. All is solitude and gloom. Who hath taken him away? is risen he meets our eyes Savior teach us so to rise I remember that hymn from my my most young days I can remember singing that in church I can remember singing it in a choir Go to Dark Gethsemane ye or you that feel the tempter's power. We face a lot of difficulty in this world and we, we don't, we haven't really learned how to pray. We need to learn how to be in communication and communion with our Lord. So many Christians try to do it on their own, out of their own bank accounts, out of their own wisdom, and inevitably they run into some serious problems. Now, on tomorrow's program, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I'm going to spend some time dealing with this week called Holy Week and put it in perspective in light of all the news stories that are out there. There really is hope in this very difficult and very confused time. I believe part of the mission of this radio program is to not just give practical information and give you the stories behind the stories, to inform you, because let's face it, the secular news media is out to deceive you and to make you walk in lockstep with an ideology. CNN, MSNBC, they're the real source of misinformation and lies. And we try to give you truth on this program. One of the good things about this program that I'm proud of, we've never had to retract anything we've said in the past 19 months because everything we've said is now becoming mainstream news. If you believe in our work, would you consider helping us financially? If you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, mail it to Truth to Ponder 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, we are in Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida, And the zip code is 32536. That's 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.